Hello, friends, and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Of Leadership. I'm Alex. I'm John. I'm Zach. And on this episode, episode number 82, we're going to be talking more about trust. Yes, you may have thought to yourself, hey, didn't you guys talk about trust? Like episode 72 in June? What the heck are they doing? Well, we're back. We had a listener who messaged and said, hey, I have some some cues for yous that I need answered. And so we'll attempt to mm-hmm. confuse <laughs> yous. Yes. And we will take this episode in the full breadth that it is. We were talking about the word breadth <laughs> and how you actually say breadth. Mm-hmm. So we It's got to be that space. So it's got to be that space. So tonight during the podcast, at times we'll use the word breadth. Breath. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, before we get into this wonderful topic of trust, um, John, it is episode 82. It is the year of John. Let us know, what does this 82 coincide with for you? Well, people of my generation would say that 82 Cleveland Browns, mm. Ozzie Newsom. Oh, yes. Number 82, tied in for the Cleveland Browns from... The University of Alabama, that's where wow. Ozzie Newsom went, and then went on to be an awesome general manager mm-hmm. with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. The old Browns. The old Browns. Or new Brown. I it, don't know. It's very confusing. It is very confusing. Yeah. Yep. The first Browns. Yes, exactly. Well, wonderful. Ozzie Newsom, any thoughts, Zach? I just, I just, it's, it's, we're almost through fantasy and... I'm currently sitting at like a 5-2-6-2 record, which I think is pretty good oh, considering pretty good. my absolute lack of knowledge of anything to do with sports. Hmm. Well, congratulations. I'm one in six. Ooh, that's rough. It well is done. Rough. I quit fantasy a long time ago. I pay $40 a year to lose. Wow. Yes. Well, I mean, and what I mean fantasy, all fantasy. All fantasy. No imagination over there. <laughs> it's all, all, all creative thought, yep. all imagination. All nonfiction. Yes, all taken right out of my brain. If it's not reality, I'm not interested. Yep, exactly. Yep. Do you create your own reality? No. No. Nope. It's all real right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, before we get into trust, let's recap last uh, episode, which was about feelings. Um, we talked a lot about thinking. We talk a lot about thinking in this podcast. And since my recent marriage, I've been dealing with a lot more feelings than I normally do. Although, to be honest with you, right, we feel all the time. And um, it just was, we were thinking through that topic and what does it mean to feel and is that okay and are they valid? And you can hear all of that on our last episode, which was episode 81. Shout out to Austin Hooper. Um, but on this episode, John, uh, this question came to you via email. An email. I got yeah. an email from a, from a listener to our podcast, and uh, the listener wanted to talk about trust. I'm not sure that they listened to our previous uh, episode on trust, but they said, basically, and I'm going to summarize, it's a, it's a longer uh email, but it says, uh, I'm in a relationship where I seem to be having trust issues. My past experience has led me to not be trusting in my current relationship or actually most of my relationships. So the issue is trust. And it seems like from this person's email from 
past experiences with relationships, it's led to trust issues in current relationships. Mm -hmm. And this person is wondering what to do. Okay. So that's the, that's our podcast tonight, looking at that issue of trust and, and, in the essence of this uh, email communication we received. Okay. So I, I think it might be a good place to start is somewhere to start thinking through trust issues and what does that mean? And, and from a personal accord, has, have any of us been in a place where we felt like I can't trust somebody or I, and for lack of better words, do have trust issues with certain people? Well, if we hark back to the uh, stories from the past, mm -hmm. from a couple episodes ago, I have an update regarding the circle of trust being broken. Oh, yeah. Which I think God. is pretty appropriate it for this It is very episode. appropriate. Mm -hmm. But I would like, your, your stories from the past was pretty lame. Uh, Alex, if you could, please. Stories from the past. Much better. I thought it was stories from beyond. Oh, yes. Can we have a story yes, from beyond, yes. please? Stories from beyond. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We well, can stop the podcast right now because I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Just put that on loop. That's all you need. There you Someone go. make us a sound bite. Just send it back to us. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you recall, for mm -hmm. those of you who didn't listen to that episode, which was a fun episode to listen to, I've actually gotten several offline comments about it. So, like, you know, people enjoyed it, especially your story, John, where the moral of the story about lying is that Sometimes it pays to lie. So if you're <laughs> confused you about that, again, please just check out that episode. Lots of wisdom dropped. But uh, I may have stayed out past my curfew for whatever reason. Um, I don't really remember it, why it happened. I don't remember the consequences being significant. But I do know that the circle of trust was broken mm -hmm. as I opened the door and the light from the porch shone in on my father sitting in a chair in a completely dark room. And he made the hand gesture as he said it. The circle of trust is broken and it unhinged, right? Mm -hmm. Come to find out twofold. They didn't really know how to punish me <laughs> because I didn't stay out late. So they were aware of that, but it was an awkward situation because I hadn't apparently responded to my phone for several hours. So probably it died. I don't know why I would have purposely not listened to not answered them, but it's possible, you know, who knows. Um, but on top of that, apparently the circle of trust being broken is from the movie Meet the Fockers. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that didn't dawn on me. They were actually, if I hadn't asked, they were just planning on watching that movie this holiday season and seeing if I picked up on it. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was really that funny. That is a great follow-up. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So uh, what was the question again, the Alex? The question was, as far as trust issues and not being able to trust certain people, have we felt that way? And we don't have to, but have we felt that way towards other people and having quote-unquote phraseology trust issues? Right off the bat, just with the significant change of being married, mm -hmm. um, one thing that I found myself struggling with as my relationship became more important to me, as the it, uh, there was more depth to the relationship, is I really struggled to trust someone else's perception of events more than the way in which I would have leaned into perceiving them. I tend to assume the best. I think very differently than my wife. And so in that, I 
would struggle to listen in such a way where she didn't feel like I was, and this is my phrasing of it, um, attacking her perception of it, right? I'm always taking other people's sides over hers. And it wasn't really a trust issue between her and me. She still confided in me and shared this stuff and maybe would have shared more if I had been quote unquote more on her side. But I mean, for me, I do remember thinking like maybe her perception of this is just wrong. Maybe she's not reading their body language right. Or maybe it wasn't quite like that. Like those what ifs and asking those questions in that particular way, like showed my mistrust of her perception. I think that's interesting about how one could say in that particular situation with you and your wife that there's a different perception of an issue. And I was making some notes as you were talking and I was thinking of the word perspective. The way we see an event is different from one person to another. So I'm wondering if part of the trust issue... So I think we can get we can get out on the table and then maybe put this away. If you lie to somebody and you lie to them repeatedly and the person concludes, I just can't trust them, I think that's pretty straightforward. Wouldn't you agree? That's a pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't really need to discuss. And, and the, the mm-hmm. spirit of this letter, and, and I don't know the details behind it, but I doubt the person saying... I, I, I'm in this relationship and the person that I'm dating just lies all the time. I don't think it's that. I think it's they're wondering if they're telling the truth. They're just having a hard time. They're always stressing and worrying about maybe the behavior of another that's not necessarily based in concrete evidence of seven lies that they've caught them in. Do you think that's true? I mean, I'm just trying to make an assumption here with that statement. Yeah, I... I had a couple thoughts with that too is like um I don't know the age of this viewer um but I my mind kind of went to the area of trust through maturity you know um I find myself um as I've just aged another year um this past month yes happy birthday uh-huh, thank you um that was just i just wanted that for myself i appreciate that um is that i've it's not that i don't trust people more i don't think that's true but i i've over time figured out that um everybody's flawed and we're all just trying the best that we can um i don't know uh I don't know. What was your question again? Yeah. So so what we, so where we're at is that we can conclude that in a interaction, repeated interaction between two people, if one person is caught in repeated lies, Mm -hmm. a natural conclusion that all of us would draw, Mm -hmm. uh, no matter our age or level of maturity is that that person's just not trustworthy. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I think the spirit of the letter more is, is in the past, maybe I've caught somebody in a lie or a half truth. And then I'm now suspicious of, of all people. And yeah. I just have a hard time. So I've taken that narrow experience 
and I've just um, applied that to all these new, uh, you know, current relationships. You've applied it to a breadth of people. Yes, yes. that mm-hmm. would be correct, yep. and I, I appreciate that breadth mm-hmm. comment. <laughs> so, um, so obviously, I think the three of us would say that um, number one, it's a tough place to be at, and number two, that it, that that's. And I think this person, even asking this question, is realizing that they can't be in a state in which they don't trust anybody, right? Um, and I think it'd be really easy and probably naive for me to say, like, assume positive intent. I think that's, that sounds really nice, and I've heard that um, in my life. Uh, especially, I've heard more about my wife when I was getting married. You know, you got to assume positive intent because I also had some trust issues and... Um, and trying to just trust that she's doing the things that I would do. It's almost like, you know, so so now that if you've gotten to this point, and I'm just trying to think this through, if you've gotten to a point to where you've been um, put in a position where you've had trust has been kind of broken down over time. So when you get in that position, how do you get out of that position? And I think that's really where this, this listener is asking that question. And so... I'm going to move us into that direction. So you're, you're stuck in an, in, in an area of distrust. How do you get to a point to where now you are more trusting? It's a great question. Zach, what do you, I mean, thoughts on how you, you know, it's a, you phrased it well and, and uh, yeah. So right off the bat, I do want to say let's, let's assume the best of people, but let's try and find the fact of the situation. Um, to, to take this to a little bit of an extreme, like the people who find themselves in abusive relationships emotionally or physically are statistically significantly likely to find themselves again in relationships with those dynamics. Mm-hmm. So part of that is to say, like, if you find yourself where people are abusing your trust recognize that they are abusing your trust. Don't continue to fall into the same patterns of behavior simply because you need to learn how to trust or because um, it because you have been, uh, your trust has been misplaced before that you need to apply that to everyone. But finding the truth of the situation such that you don't keep returning to a dynamic that you are comfortable with that you think maybe you can overcome. And so part of that side of the situation is gaining some distance, right? For people who have shown that they cannot be trusted, gain some distance, ideally, assuming the best, with the intention of being able to repair that and find some sort of balance, right? Um, Knowing the idea being is you're not cutting off. You are remaining connected to them appropriately. And in this case, Mm -hmm. it's gaining some distance. The other side of that is... I think what you said, Alex, assuming the best is the way I've phrased it before, is learn learn to assume the best and then find the facts of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Don't assume the worst because the worst has been done to you. I do wonder about the factual piece of this. And so I've been learning, like I'm taking a graduate course of marriage right now, you know, <laughs> um, that... When I don't know the facts on things, it's really hard for me to understand what's going on. <laughs> you know, like it's, especially with those close relationships, and I'm assuming that this person and other people that where you're having some trust issues, it's people who are close to you. 
And if if either number one, the expectations aren't stated, stated or the feelings or thoughts or facts of the situation aren't being stated whatsoever, it can get really easily misconstrued because people are going to go down the rabbit hole of the what ifs. Feelings are going to, I assume, would feelings would go up. Reactionary thought and even reactionary actions would take place. Um, I, I could see that being part of an issue, um, whether it's fusion or cutoff. Um, and th- this person, and, you know, as I look at the the email further, they they talk about the temptation to cut off, and I, I think it's there's a there's a book that's titled Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud, and in that book he says basically mm-hmm. that there are some relationships that you just need to end because they're not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And as Zach, as you mentioned, you know, in that notion of assuming the best intent, but if you keep going back to a relationship where there is mistrust, you're just setting yourself up for, for, for failure. And, and so I think it's choosing people that you choose trustworthy people to trust and be careful who you're vulnerable with. So I'm just thinking through my own life about have I had trust issues or trouble trusting people? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. I can't think in family where I've had trouble trusting, Mm -hmm. but I'm also careful with who I share information with. And if I sense that someone is maybe less mature and more of a gossiper, I just tell them fewer things Mm -hmm. because they've proven to be incapable of keeping their mouth closed and not, you know, triangling in others. And that's okay. That's just who they are. And I think part of the issue of trust, and I'm kind of rambling here, so I'll just finish my thought and then move on, is that uh, it can be an issue where we're trying to control other people, where we're so other focused on getting them to do this or do that and obsessing over their lack of trustworthiness, as opposed to focusing on ourself and being very discriminate on what we share and what we don't share with certain people. So I think there's wisdom involved in who you're actually vulnerable with. So breaking news alert, we have um, a, a, a local eavesdropper coming into, uh, coming into the fray, um, may have been using the perhaps the toilet and overheard such speakings. <laughs> we'll see if we can... Uh, we can. Uh, buzz her in after the flush. Yep. Okay. Okay. I think it's uh, I think it's fully flushed, and here she comes. Um, it's my wife, Alexa. So speaking of trust issues, um, I was um, eavesdropping a little bit and listening uh, specifically on this topic, and uh, just real quick, um, Alexa, could you give a little bit of your background um, as far as your schooling right now and what you're really interested in. I am in school to be a clinical mental health counselor. Um, I guess that's my background. I'm interested in working with clients that have experienced trauma and maybe, um, maybe manifesting that in their physical bodies and working with somatic therapy. Um, so something that I have learned through literature and through life experiences is in all relationships, um, everything that someone does in reaction to you is information that you can gather about them, um, both positive and negative. A lot of times in our relationships, we assume that there's one big final event that happens and that changes the course of the relationship and changes our perspective on the other person. 
But what really happens is slowly over time, there's tiny instances that give us information about who that person is. Do they follow up if you've shared that you've had a hard day? How do they respond um, to criticism? How, how do they show you that they support you? Or how do they support other people? Um, and by paying attention to those things and your gut instincts, they're really telling you all along who they are. It's important for us to trust that, to trust ourselves, um, and to prioritize what we know we bring to a relationship and not second guess that. Can I follow up yes. to that? So could, are you saying then that this information gathering, this negative and positive information that's just uh, done, maybe not consciously, mm -hmm. you're not making a list of positives and negatives. Do you think the totality of this list or the end result of this list, if I could say it that way, is you're answering the question, can I trust this person? Is that the question you ultimately ask yourself or, or process or make a mental judgment on based on those positive and negative experiences? Um, I, would, I would agree. I would say that it, it is a subconscious kind of information gathering. I do think, um, I don't know if it's something that in the relationship you go through and kind of make note of, if that's what you mean. Um, but I, I think of it as for me, for example, I'm working through a relationship that I'm recognizing is probably not really healthy for me to be in any longer. Um, and for me to really ex fully work through that and mourn the grieving of this once really healthy or seemingly healthy relationship, I have to look back and say, am I looking at this the wrong way? Am I sensitive to how they may have acted and interpreting things differently than how they meant it? And how how have they been confirming how I'm feeling now throughout the course of our relationship or how have we maybe changed as people? Um, both of which are okay, but both of which do provide me information that allow me to make a more informed decision that places my own health um, at a priority. So could I ask another follow-up question? Then how does that relate to trust? Trust of the other person or trust of yourself? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so, so you, we, yeah, I, I listened to what you said that a re particular relationship, I've realized that this may not be the healthiest relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. How is that tied to trust? Because I'm trying to, we're trying to help this listener think through yeah. that issue because in my thinking, they might be thinking that same thing. Like this may not be the best relationship for me. Yeah, yeah. I think um, in regards to trust of yourself, which is ultimately our top relationship, um, from that relationship, we're able to really live into a more true experience um, and a more healthy relationship with other people. So can I trust my gut instincts about what this person is telling me? Can I trust the way that they make me feel? Um, do I have biases that maybe help making me interpret what's happening in a different way? Do I have trusted confidants that I could ask, you know, um, what do you interpret this situation as? Because um, sometimes our emotions do cloud our judgment. So I would say trust of self is a big part of it. Um, and then trust of the other person. Um, I think that that's something that really the listener would need to be. Only they can really decide. Um, but using that data to help formulate that 
decision. And I I do think that a lot of times like relationships are messy. Things will happen that are not desirable or preferred. Um, and you can make a choice with the information you have moving forward. Are you going to choose to trust that person, which is a daily choice at a lot of times in our truest relationships? Are we going to move forward with that person with the information we have and work through it? Or are we going to step back? So I'm just playing out a scenario where Mm -hmm. uh, a person's in a relationship, they, they catch somebody in a lie and, and, and that person is likely to be very defensive, like Mm -hmm. defend themselves and, and to the point where maybe the person in this letter develops a lack of confidence because they think maybe I'm the crazy one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so being in relationships where you lack trust, it seems to me, could lead one to begin to doubt themselves as a person. And, and I'm wondering if there's a correlation between being in untrusting relationships and a lack of self-confidence in who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think... Um, I think that that is, is so prevalent. I think that there is a lot of cognitive dissonance that comes into play in that because our view of self, um, in an ideal world is someone that we think good things of ourselves. We want to believe that we are strong and that we are resilient and that we attract the kind of people that are going to recognize the great qualities that we recognize in ourselves. And so being in a dynamic that bringing or diminishes trust, puts you at odds with this perceived self that you have. Um, And then you kind of, this is all subconscious in a lot of instances, um, but if if you're aware of it, you can recognize it and say, what am I sacrificing? What am I abandoning about myself to make room for this relationship? Yeah, I I, I particularly... Uh, as you were talking, um, my beautiful bride, um, <laughs> was this solid self. We've talked about solid self on this podcast a lot and pseudo self and solid, solid self. And so how through that lack of trust and those hard relationships, maybe losing yourself through time and not even trusting yourself, I think it's very astute to think of understanding yourself and and becoming more of a solid self through your guiding principles and through what you believe in can then subsequently help within issues or hard, let's not even say issues of trust, let's just say hard relationships. Um, because then in, in a lot of ways you've developed um, not like some hard outer structure you know, that you're not listening to anybody, right? That's not what a solid self is. But being able to listen and be able to be sympathetic with people and and, and we say see their side of view. Um, and then I know that earlier in this podcast I said, you know, as you mature, you know, you just realize that people are just trying the best they can. And so that trusting in others... I'm not saying that you you negate that trusting of of others, but I do, you know, as I think through this, I do wonder about like, okay, as a baby, you have to fully trust, right? And then as you're you're growing up, you still have to trust somebody to take care of you. But as you get older, does that level of trust, I think it changes. I don't think it goes away at any one shape or form, but I, I imagine that as you mature and become more of a solid self, trust looks different. So our, uh, our correspondent um, is going, 
Uh, we do thank her for her help. I believe um, the Bachelorette is now on, and she was, she's been called back <laughs> to her true, true calling. To, the, to that which she has chosen to dedicate her mind. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's just amazing that she has this much to give during commercial breaks. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But all that to say, though, is as I'm thinking through this on a large level, I'm trying to think that for me, the reason I gravitate to Bowen's theory is because it gives me ways to parse the world around me so that I have more information Mm -hmm. to accurately understand the world. That is to say that I have more trust in the things that are going on around me, in my perception of the things that are going on around me, because I've been equipped with the the concepts of Bowen's theory. Hmm. Um, I think of them as like a tool in my tool belt, a, a lens that I can look through that doesn't tell me what to do. It's not a heads-up Iron Man display, but it's just something that brings things into focus that can draw my eye to certain details. And so um, if we're just to go to a... a, a a bird's eye view real quick. I think first and foremost, like treat this like we treat a wound or some sort of symptom, like treat the wound and the symptom that affects your ability to function, right? If it's a toxic relationship, if it's a liar, if it's just having been lied to and needing some time to process that, not even just repetitious lies. We're just talking a one time, you know, it's appropriate to gain distance and have some time to think. That's not cut off. That's not an extreme undue reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would, I'm sorry to interrupt. I I am willing to bet, and I have not looked, but I'm sure if you Googled ways to unpackage and to understand these feelings you're having, I'm certain there are a multitude, a plethora of things you can do by yourself or with a confidant that would really help you process through that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that leads right into my second thought is one, once you gain that distance, right, once you, you treat the, the way I have it written down here is treat, treat the wounding anxiety, right? Find a way to gain a little bit of distance from that so you can actually take a look at it. And then secondly, find a way to improve your functioning. You know, we call that differentiation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some of it's situational. Some of it's this base differentiation that's really hard to grow. But, you know, if, if you can reduce the anxiety, you can increase your functioning. So what does that really mean? Um, like, uh, I have this written twofold is, one, we want to take our perception of things and we want to have an understanding of how accurate that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first challenge is an appropriate confrontation with your perception by adding in others to give you their perspective, just to weigh in, inviting in that way, showing trust. And you can preface that by saying, I don't mean this. My intent is not to accuse you. My intent is not to say that you lied. My intent is not to um, seem insecure or whatever, because you can't control the other person, but you can control yourself and your own function. The, The point of this is to look at this and say, I can trust my own perception and I pretty sure I know what the facts are. And I'm going to use this. I'm going to add a little bit of strain onto the relationship by having someone challenge that maybe by challenging them in an appropriate way, right? To gain that extra 
insight because sometimes you need to know things. And um, just at a, a little bit of a conceptual level, like that means like just being aware of are you growing closer to someone? Are you growing more distant than someone? Do you expect yourself or someone else to have a certain role that they're not upholding? right? What is your role in this relationship? And are you meeting that? What is their role in this relationship? Are they meeting that? And then also, um, just what are the responsibilities? What are there actually responsibilities that are being let down? And using those things, closeness, distance, the idea of what are your roles and what are your responsibilities to say, is this accurate? Like, is this my perception of what this is reasonable and accurate? Mm-hmm. So I'll pause there. Any any thoughts from that? Yeah, my closing thought is, you know, I think of Alex talking about the solid self. I think, Zach, you looking at Bowen theory and seeing the the reciprocity and the, the pursuit and distance mm-hmm. that happens in there. I, I think for, for all of us that our functioning, this is the goal, that our functioning is not dependent on the decisions of other people. So if we can develop our own guiding principles and a sense of who we are, then we can allow people to be who they are and just be very prudent about who we put our trust in, in the sense of being really vulnerable and Um, if that person does not appear to be that, and I I appreciate Alexa's thinking there that positive and negative experiences, I think that most people, and this is where Zach, you mentioned it earlier, if you can get a neutral observer to kind of tell them what's going on Mm -hmm. and, and have them listen to you and have them repeat back the words that you say, I think you'll realize what the decision is that you should make about this relationship. And many times, I would say most times, it is a necessary ending. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with family, we've talked about it before that, you know, stopping speaking with a family member. But I'm in this context, and I think this is a, a dating situation, um, that that may be something that a person should not pursue any longer. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Uh, and I'll... I'll end with this perhaps Zach um, I don't know if you have any other feeling or thoughts on this but um, I wish I would have known this about myself geez 20 30 years ago and I don't know if I've been able to fully understand it 20 30 years ago but um, having almost like rabbit ears or um, starting to find indicators of when I'm kind of losing myself. Who, who, what do I stand for? What are my guiding principles? And when have I kind of gone off the rails and now I'm not really doing that anymore? Um, and why did I get there? And how can I get back to that situation where I am more trusting of who I am as a person? Um, that is a tall order. That's a, it's a tough question to ask yourself, but I, I'm, just from just recent experience, um, I have I've been finding that when I get off the rails and I'm no longer who I believe to be, and I don't trust myself, it just wrecks <laughs> wreaks havoc. Just mostly inside myself um, with my anxiety, especially. So, um, just that's my that's that's a really hard question and a really like a, a thing that. I mean, you have to have some really good self-awareness and 
maturity to, to really think through that question. But I do, I do ask that question because I, I do wish that I've thought that through um, 20, 30 years ago. So, and so just my parting thought right in line with that would be um, just exactly what you're saying. We want to be people who are calming um, presences, mm-hmm. who are curious people. And on one hand, we want to be on some level to be able to do that with ourselves, with self-reflection. Um, and our questioner and a lot of other people who are in the midst of it. They are trudging through the waters, right? Sometimes that's not always possible. And so um, this is a call to even if you're not in this situation, be the calm and curious presence for someone else. That means being aware of when you're trying to tell someone how you would respond or how they ought to respond and just ask. Let them deplete um, that, that frustration, that the feelings and just get that out there without the need to defend themselves or to come up with a plan at that moment. And then the other side of this is if you're in the moment and you're in these waters and you don't feel like you can trust anyone and you're just feel like you're struggling and you have not built those relationships that you can rely on. Like Alex is saying, I'm sure I've heard of tools out there that connect you with counselors and stuff. But uh, I mean, two big things, like we have resources out there where one big reason that people see counselors and therapists is not just because they have uh, this magic skill set that can fix you and they can deconstruct the way that you think and behave, but it's that they're going to hopefully be equipping you to be able to live your life mm-hmm. in a way similar to what we're talking about. And so it's okay to look outside yourself to find ways to, mm-hmm. and I have written down here, combat trauma of past or current events. Because sometimes, like Alexa was saying, we go into the fight or flight mode. We go into just this acute anxiety in situations where it's just not appropriate. And that's not because it wasn't appropriate in the past, but it's a response now that is not appropriate for our functioning. It doesn't help us to do better now or in the future. And so that's just sort of my plea. Be a calming, Mm non-anxious, curious presence by developing that in yourself and by being that for other people. I think that's going to wrap us up. I I do appreciate the breadth and depth of this episode. Yes, took a a wonderful turn. Um, It was nice to have a guest appearance. Yes. From beyond. (laughs) Beyond. Um, So, uh, meanwhile, you can email us at ofleadership at gmail.com. We are at ofleadership.com. Um, on all of your podcasting, obviously you found us here. So here we are. Um, we, uh, in case you don't know, uh, we come out with an episode basically every two weeks coming out on a Tuesday. So that's roundabouts where we're going to be dropping new episodes every week, every two weeks rather, uh, bi-monthly. Yeah, bi-monthly, um, some would say semi-weekly, which would also technically be correct where it's either multiple times a week <laughs> or every couple of weeks, right? So, I mean, it just all depends on the definition. So, like, when you're talking with someone, just make sure you're on the same page. I, I call it quad quarterly. We can mm. run episodes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, <laughs> uh, Jetler, thank you for the, the sounds and boops and beeps that you've got for our Little wonderful boops. theme. Um, do we need to thank anybody else? 
Alexa, my wonderful, beautiful wife. Yes, my guest parents. Yes. And with that, I am Alex. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And we'll see you next time. See you around. Adios. <laughs>